Hey, everyone. This is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, as I say on every show, we got a great one for you because today we have Deborah Allen. Allen. And um, many of you probably know who she is. She's done some great things in the past, and she's definitely going to be doing some great things in the future. So we're excited to have her on our show. So, Deborah, are you here? Yes, I'm here, and I am so glad to be here, Chris and Sandy. <laughs> and I just want to thank you both for inviting me to be on the show. So oh, thank you for you your time being here. Yes. So I always like to start out because, of course, we are in the coronavirus era right now. I'd like to start out, how is the coronavirus affecting you right now? Right at the split second. Um, well, right now, uh, you know, I find myself not getting out quite as much. I, I do get out and go, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, – my mother lives down the street about a mile from me, and I go down and have breakfast with her and help her in the morning. And yeah. uh, well, But on a yeah. professional level, um, I was sort of sad because I had a big show lined up for August the 19th at mm-hmm. um, at um, the Franklin Theater, and it had to be oh, postponed wow. till 21. So that was a disappointment. But, you know, I've been uh, able to be – Creative, you know, uh, during this <laughs> amount of time. It's given me a lot of things to think about and write about. And um, also, my good friend Michelle Wright, um, mm-hmm. we not long ago, we were able to get together at my house, you know, and we were both, you know, had no symptoms. She had been tested, she didn't have it. We were both feeling good. So we mm-hmm. we've started a song that we're excited about. I think it's just a matter of having common sense. You know, I know mm-hmm. that it's out mm-hmm. there, but I just really feel like that we need to press forward and and just have common sense and try to keep our lives going and keep the world going. Yep. So yeah. we don't want to, to to let it overtake us. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I I definitely want everybody to be safe, and, and I'm taking mm-hmm. precautions, especially around my senior citizen mother and yep. and my friends. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think it's so important for us to 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 keep our lives going, and so that's what yeah. I'm doing. Exactly, and we we yeah, totally we get agree. we totally mm-hmm. get that. And you know, like I was telling you before the show started, you know, when we first launched, our goal this year was 80 interviews. And when all this went down, we were like, you know what, this is our time to shine because, you know, artists need a platform to talk about their stories and all that mm-hmm. because they're not, they're used to being on shows and doing, and doing parts of their stories at different shows and all that. I was like, you know what, we're going to give them that platform. We're going to up our game and do it almost daily. And now we pretty much six days a week um, do artists, and you're our number 148 now since January. So definitely proud of that. Well, I'm so honored that you invited me to be a part of it. And I really feel like, you know, there's 365 days in the year. I think you're going to wind up with 365. <laughs> That'd be cool. That, that could new. be our new goal to shoot for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we'd be a little behind right now because, we're you know, they hit that. Behind, but, but we can still do it. <laughs> yeah. You still, have, you still have time. You still have time. You could double up on a, on a day or two. And double I know. Up. That, you're right about that. I think I think artists are looking for an opportunity to talk and be heard and talk mm-hmm. about their new music and their new yes. projects. So uh, you know, when you offer that to artists, it's a, it's really a gift because, and especially these days and time, when um, the great thing about social media and the internet is, it's a way to circumvent some of the things that typically have been able to hinder people from having their music be heard. So mm-hmm. it, it's mm-hmm. really, really wonderful to be able to, you know, to open up and network and mm-hmm. get your music and your projects out there. Yeah, because our, our platform gives also only this. One thing I wanted to do at the very, when we first launched the show, we went, it was like, how do we be different? Uh, and uh, granted, we're a husband and wife team, so that kind of makes us different already. I mean, there's very few hosts out there like, that I know of that's a husband and wife who do a show together. <clears throat> but, um, but outside of that, I wanted it to be something different. I was like, I, so I listened to a lot of the different podcasts and I was like, you know, most of them give artists about 20 minutes, 25 minutes, maybe. And that's just not a time, really enough time to only talk about music really. And I wanted, 
I was like, you know what, we're going to give 60 minutes per artist or more if that's what it needed to actually t- talk about parts of their story. Because I think, to me, I, I want to get to know the artist just as much as their music. Right, and I think that's great. And, you know, I've found uh, in all of my travels when I go out and do shows and perform, you know, of course I love mm-hmm. to perform, I love to do my music, but it's after the show that to me is even more rewarding because I get to meet uh, my friends and fans in person and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe mm-hmm. a certain song will resonate with an art with a, with a, with a audience member and they'll have a chance to tell their story to me and we get to share. So I think that's real important people, you know, we're all just people and we're all connected. Yeah. Uh, it's great mm-hmm. that the music connect us, but you know, our life stories are really what uh, bind us together. Yep. So as we mm-hmm. get started here, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and a kind of a brief overview of you so people can get to know you. Okay. Well, um, I was born in Memphis, Tennessee, and I am the daughter of uh, Leon and Rosetta Thurmond. And uh, my my parents had an automobile upholstery business in Memphis. Oh, wow. And uh, actually... Um, they wound up upholstering and designing the interior of Elvis Presley's first bus. Oh wow! And, uh, yeah, th- <laughs> wow. thanks to yeah, thanks to my good friend George Klein, who uh, is an iconic DJ and was Elvis Presley's best friend. He went with he went mm-hmm. to high school with Elvis at Hume High, and um, he had told Elvis. He said, you know, he said, hey, L, you need to take that bus over to Leon Thurman's and get them to do the interior of that bus. <laughs> and they did. And uh, if anybody that knows anything about Elvis knows about the Memphis Mafia. And uh, mm-hmm. so once they pulled the bus in over at Daddy's shop, uh, all the Memphis Mafia kept hanging out there. And he, he said, I can't get anything done. You're causing too much of a commotion <laughs> around here. So he said, I'm going to have to take this bus home. So he did. He wound up pulling the bus out of the shop, taking it to our house. I was just a little kid, probably three or four years old. And um, my sister and I, sister Judy and I, camped out in the bus. We thought we were so cool because we were sleeping in Elvis's bus. In fact, I, I use that line in my show. I go, yeah, I slept in Elvis's bed. But I was only three years old, and he wasn't there, so it doesn't count. But uh, but my mother, I will say that, uh, actually, I was talking to her about this today. Uh, we were reminiscing about the bus. They did it. They did all the interior in royal blue velvet, and it was wow. trimmed in gold. And back on his back bed, back in the star suite, as they call it, she did a blue velvet bedspread, and then it had a gold cord made like a big round medallion in the middle and then she took that cord and made his initials EP and she hand stitched it on there and he just loved it and after they completed it she did all the drapes and all the seats and everything blue was his favorite color and uh, he called her up and told her how much he loved it and thanked her for it Hmm. and you know he was just in our midst the whole time we were, I was growing up in Memphis, we used to pass by mm-hmm. Graceland all the time. I, you know, you asked me to talk about me, and I'm talking about more about my mother and daddy and Elvis. <laughs> they were all such a part of my life. And actually, that was a big every part. Weekend, yeah. It was. Every weekend, uh, well, every other weekend, actually, we would go to my cousin's house, and uh, mm-hmm. we would have to pass by Graceland to get there, and it was so beautiful the way it sits up on the hill, and we would uh, we would look up there, and the gates might be open, and we'd go, hey, I wonder who's up there today. Or sometimes we would pass by, and we would see Elvis up there riding his horse horses with his friends, and you know, mm-hmm. just really a wonderful way to grow up in Memphis. And I have such fond memories there. In fact, actually, um, I just. And I wasn't doing this on purpose, but it does kind of tie in. Uh, just yesterday, mm-hmm. I debuted um, my brand new EP. It's volume two of a series of twelve. It's a mm-hmm. series that I've got called "The Best You've Never Heard." Volume huh. one has came out yesterday with volume two, and on that um, on that volume is a song called "Memphis Rendezvous," which I love. Oh wow! And 
that's my hometown. And then uh, on my Hear Me Now album, there's actually a song called Amazing Graceland, which that's a story in itself too. But just so much about, you know, I live in Nashville. I'm known in country music and, and I'm so proud to, to be here. You know, I've been on the Grand Ole Opry many, many times, and I was introduced on there by Grandpa Jones and um, Porter Wagner and Jeannie Seeley and Bill Anderson mm-hmm. and Bill Cody and all, all the great, you know. And so country music is a real big part of me, especially from yeah. the songwriting standpoint. But, uh, you know, Memphis is so deep down in my blood and in my nature because that's where I was born and raised it it just definitely comes out occasionally in my songs like another one that, that's, that's cool. reminiscent of that is my Delta Dreamland which I have an album mm-hmm. called Delta Dream that's really cool and all that love love that um so yeah. music's basically been part of you since you were a little girl I mean connection with Elvis and all that yes it has been in <laughs> Uh, do y'all have any children, Sandy and Chris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we, have, a we, we, do. we have two. Mm-hmm. Eight-year-old and a sixteen-month-old. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Well, Sandy, uh, you might really relate to this story then, uh, because and you too, Chris, because mm-hmm. whenever it's a, it's kind of an unusual story. I call when I <laughs> refer to my mother, I'll say, "Yeah, I told them our story, mother." Because uh, when people ask me how um, how long have I been singing, I say, well, I was singing before I was born. Because when my mother when my mother was working at my daddy's shop, they were a team, you know, just like you guys. They helped each other, you know, and uh, yes. build that business. And um, she noticed when she would answer the phone. In fact, when I was a little kid, I would answer the phone there. I'd say, Leon Thurman's Automobile Upholstery Shop, best automobile <laughs> shop in the Mid-South. I was so proud Aww. of it. My mother, she would always say, now remember, um, she goes, you know, people can't see your face when you're talking. You really got to be expressive when you're talking on the phone. So, <laughs> no, she really helped develop that in me. But, but when uh-huh. she was uh, early on and when she was carrying me, she started noticing that she had this glitch in her throat. She would be talking. And the fact, there's a producer here in town who has the same thing, Jerry Crutchfield. Uh, he produced a lot of the great Tanya Tucker records, and he signed me to my first publishing deal here in Nashville. But he's got, it's called spasmodic dystonia. Only nobody knew mm-hmm. what it was back then. And it's where huh. when talking, uh, my mother said she would be talking, and it would just kind of like that, you know, kind of get a glitch in her throat. Mm-hmm. And she said, she said, Mother just knew something was going wrong with my vocal cords. And she said, I, did, I didn't tell Daddy because I didn't think, you know, he would really believe me. He'd go, oh, nothing's wrong with you. So she said, I just kept it to myself. But she said, the whole time I was carrying you, she said, you know, when I was carrying Nancy and Judy, she said, I'd always pray for them to be a healthy baby. But, and they were, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But she said, when I was carrying you, I would say that same prayer, please let this be a healthy baby. And she said, and at the end, she said, it's just instinctively, I, I would always add, oh, please let this baby have a strong voice. And <laughs> wow. <laughs> Honestly, I believe that that's, her prayer was answered. I'm so thankful for that. And then when the day that she had me, Here's uh, mm-hmm. here's her. Uh, this is what she calls the confirmation that her prayer was answered. Um, uh-huh. She said, when they brought me in there to her arms, she says, "Mother just fell in love with you. You were like peaches and cream." And she said, mm-hmm. "You know," she said, "As Aww. I was looking at, you, she said, I was thanking God, saying, thank you, God. She's perfect. She's got all of her fingers, all of her toes. <laughs> thank you." so much and then she said all of a sudden she said this rainbow went from the left side of your head over to the right side of your head and she said and she said all of a sudden I saw your name appear one letter at a time it was like C E B O R A H and she said thank you God 
that's what I'm going to name her. I'm going to name her Deborah. <laughs> and she said, wow. all of a sudden, it's like trying to really get my attention. She said, all of a sudden, all these little lights started flickering around. Every co- every letter in your name inside that rainbow. She said, you know, kind of like out in Las Vegas. She says that. It's, no one can tell it like her. And she said, yeah. so she said, I was just holding on to that moment with God. She said, I knew I was getting in a revelation from God. And she said, Daddy and Judy and Nancy were standing right over there. But she said, I never let on that I saw that and that I had that moment with God. And she said, and the only thing that would have given it away is when the nurse walks in and she said, so, Miss Thurman, what are you going to name your daughter? She said, I'm going to name her Deborah. And she said, oh, is that Deborah, D-E-B-R-A? She said, no, no, it was D-E-B-O-R-A-H. So that's the only thing that would have given it away was the spelling of my name. I'm telling you, she and I have had a very, uh, really connected relationship from since before yeah. I was born. And I, and I remember then the final piece to that story that I'll tell you is that Mm-hmm. Like when I was about four years old, I was well. She was taking me to work with her then to to the shop because she she just couldn't stand to leave me at home with a babysitter, and uh, so I would ride along with her in our car. And you know, back then we didn't have seatbelts, but I remember mm-hmm. this distinctly. I remember I scooted right over next to her and I said, "Can you keep a secret?" She said, "Sure, mother can keep a secret. Mother's your best friend." You can tell mother, I would like to be a singer or an entertainer or an actor. Do you you think I can? She said, my heart just started pounding because I knew right then and there that was my affirmation. That was my confirmation that 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 moment with God, that revelation was true. And I said, absolutely, you can do anything you want to. And mother's going to help you. And, you know, she never was really a stage mother. Uh, she really mm-hmm. wasn't. Mm-hmm. She she just was a, a mother listening to a daughter with her heart and, and mm-hmm. thinking of me as a regular person, a human being and with a dream and oh, an wow. assignment, uh, a purpose. And she did do things to help me. Of course, they didn't have the big TV shows like they have now, like The Voice. And, mm-hmm. You know, uh, you could be a star, yeah. you know. America's Got Talent and um, all of that. But, you know, mm-hmm. I would be in little local contests and things like that. And sure, every sure. chance that I, she had to help me get out and, you know, interact with the public and, and perform or whatever, she would she would help me. She never forced it on me. She just, you know, helped me do what I really wanted to do, which was sing. Yeah. I love that. You know, I, I remember when Sandy was pregnant with our first one, the eight-year-old little Chris. Um, yes. She would play country music all the time by her belly. She said, oh, my yes. little boy is going to love country music. <laughs> and sure yeah. enough, he, lo- he loves country music. So when Caitlin oh, yes. came along, he she really did the same does. thing. So, <laughs> you know, with Caitlin being only 16 months old, we'll see where she is. But, you know, Later in the show, you actually get to meet Lil Chris because we always have him come on and ask one question to each artist. Yeah, oh, that's exciting. I cannot wait. Yeah, that's so great. You know, I mean, uh, you are just surrounding him with some uh, great music, great talent, and great songs. And it's the songs, you know, uh, Maggie Cavender, who's a historic character here in Nashville, mm-hmm. and she's so instrumental in inspiring so many great songwriters that they're saying it all begins with the song. You know, you, know yep. you could, you couldn't have mm-hmm. all this, the great country music artists and singers without the great songs. And the things that I've learned um, in being a songwriter, if you have a great mm-hmm. song, you know, it, it's not just tied down to one genre. And uh, one of my songs comes to mind. And that is a song called, you never cross my mind. You stay there all the mm-hmm. time which has been recorded by a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people. It surprises me how many it's been recorded by. But to me, the most 
opposite, the, the two most contrasting records of all is there's Loretta Lynn and Conway Twitty recorded it, and I cherish that record. And then another version of it, which is so not country, but it's still such a great <laughs> version of that song, is by Isaac Hayes and Millie Jackson. Wow. So, I mean, it's just it's just amazing. Yeah, I think, I believe, um, <clears throat> Tammy Wynette recorded that song. A lot of great artists recorded it, so I'm just, so, but that's, that's just the great thing about a good song. Yeah. Good. Crosses all bound, you know, everybody thinks the song has to be one way, but a but a great song can cross barriers that other songs can't. Right, and it's so neat to have uh, different artists interpret your songs because they're taking that emotion, that message, you know, and because of their ability to interpret it from their heart, it's reaching even a new, a new section, a new sector of people that it might not have reached before. Yeah. Now, one of the things I like to talk about on this show, and you've been around the industry for a long time, so you've probably seen it all. And one thing I always like, you know, a lot of times fans, they they see the glory behind the artist, but they don't see the grind, what it really takes to be an artist. And I always like to bring that side out because I think that people miss – um, they, people just don't get like, – like a lot of times friends and relatives of, of these up-and-coming artists, they don't – they're like, you don't, we don't see you anymore. Do, do you not like us or that? And they don't get that being an artist is a 24-7 job slash career slash business slash life, and they don't get that. And, and I, I, we interviewed um, Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls back in 2014, and one of the questions I asked Allison – and I'll lead with this story, and then we'll talk about this. Um, I asked Allison what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist, and she said this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time as a musician, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you be- it becomes a career, everything changes. She goes, it's still your passion, but it's now your job. And you have to treat it like a job. You have to treat it like a business. So th- there may be days that you are miserable, but you still got to get on that stage that night and be and smile and be happy like there is no tomorrow. She said, weekends, holidays, people and people invite you to things. You have to say no to because that's where, when your best money is. That's when the biggest gigs are. It's when you make the most money. She goes, there's so many sacrifices involved. She, even the family has to sacrifice. She says, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because the only way those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go there a little bit about that side of it. Well, I think there's a lot of truth to that. You know, I believe <clears throat> that um, you it is something that you really – it should be something that, to me, it's always been a plan A, never a plan B. You know? Exactly. Exactly. It it just is not only what I do, but it is who I am. So mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine any other way. And, you know, I have maybe a couple of examples, but, uh, well, one one example that I can think of was um, mm-hmm. I had an album called Let Me Be the First, which it was the first totally digital record ever to be recorded and released from mm-hmm. Nashville. And it, it was really... Um, Really, to me, one of my favorite pieces of work that I'd ever done. I was so proud of it for so many reasons. And, um, you know, the politics within the label at that time just changed. And all of a sudden, uh, what I had been given the green light on to go ahead with and pursue suddenly was Mm -hmm. being kind of pushed over to the side. And, you know, I, I would have... Friends come up all over town going, oh, my gosh, we love your new album. Wow, that's so wonderful. But I already mm-hmm. knew, I'd already got the word that it was not going to happen, you know, and it would just wow. break my heart, you know. And, I mean, I would just, mm-hmm. I was pretty sad about it, you know, and I would just lay down on the couch and I'd just go, why, why, you know. And people, <laughs> you know, in the business, a lot of times they say, well, don't take it so personal. I go, how can you not take it personal? This is true. life, you know. 
Yes. I mean, I remember at one time someone pulled me up by the back of my belt off of the back of my jeans to get me to stand up. You know, I was just, I was just listless. I was just felt like all mm. the blood had been drained out of me, you know, and I mean, just different times like that. I even remember one time saying to my mother, like, why did you tell me I could do anything I wanted to <laughs> Well, sugar mothers always thought you could, and I still can't. And and it's true, you know. You know, there's an ebb and flow to life. You know, it. You know, uh-huh. and 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 I guess uh, the the punchline to this is back when I first, um, you know, met Shel Silverstein, who is my mentor as a songwriter. I had I just come back from Russia with on a State Department tour with Tennessee Ernie Ford. It was a wonderful, incredible trip. And I was trying to decide whether or not I wanted to go back for a second year at Opryland. I was really afraid if I went mm-hmm. to do that again, which was a great opportunity. I was afraid if I did that again, I might get too comfortable with a, a regular paycheck and I might not be willing to take the risk oh, that wow. I knew that I might need to take to pursue my big dream. But um, I had a I had a job at the Spence Manor, and I used to also hang out at Waylon Jennings' office, where my best friend Marie Barrett uh, was the uh, receptionist and secretary, and she later wound up marrying mm-hmm. John, Hart, John Hartford, who wrote um, uh, "It's Knowing That Your Heart." You know, you know what that song is. Um, yeah, gosh, mm-hmm. yeah, gentle on my mind. Yes, uh, it's knowing that your door is always open at. Your path is free to walk. That I love that song. Anyway, she and John fell in love and got married. But one of the main major cast of characters that used to drop by there all the time was Shel Silverstein. So after I got back from Russia, I dropped by the, uh, Wayland's office, and there was Shel. And I said, mm-hmm. "Hey, I said I'm I'm singing at the Spence Banner for the happy hour. Would you come hear me sing?" And just let me know what you think. He goes, sure. And he, Shell was bald headed. He had a beard, and he kind of looked like a pirate. And uh, <laughs> but he wrote some great songs, like um, he wrote on the cover of a Rolling Stone, a boy named Sue, Big Brad. Oh, wow. Wrote so many incredible songs. So he came by to hear me sing. And after my set, I went out there and I said, "Well, what'd you think?" And he goes, "Well." I think he got a great voice. I'm like, oh boy, I'm getting ready to get discovered here. You know, I was probably about 18 or 19 years old uh-huh. at that point. And he goes, but you know, there's a lot of people out there with a lot of people with great voices here in Nashville. And I went, oh no, he's going to tell me to keep my day job. And then all of a sudden, he said, he said, have you ever thought about writing songs? And I went, uh, well, I have. Uh, I've written some poems in school, but I've never thought about writing songs. He goes, I think you ought to think about writing songs. You know, if you write your own songs, you can write your own style. And, you know, a song something that nobody can take away from you. It's something you keep forever. He goes, you know yeah. how good you feel up there on that stage? And I went, yeah. And I'm like, where is he going with? And that's when he said this. He goes, when you get down off that stage, he says, that that feeling goes away, doesn't it? And I went, yeah. And then that's when he said, uh, you know, a song is something that you can keep forever once you write it. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody can take that away from you. And then he added, and besides, the sun doesn't shine on the same dog's back every day. Well, that made sense to me. And, and then he added something funny. He said, and besides, it'll keep you from going crazy. And after all these years, I'm thinking, well, I don't know if that part was true or not, but the rest of it was true. But, you know, that's the truth. Uh, luckily, yeah. thank, yeah. thank God that my path crossed with Shell and that he gave me that mm-hmm. advice because yeah. through the years, I mean, no matter how much you make it your full-time job, you can't have a number one song on the charts every single day of your life or every year in your life sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have a really good run and you can have a long career, but I truly am so thankful that he inspired me and encouraged me to write songs because, you know, I've had songs on the charts. I've, I've been I've traveled all over the world with my signature song, Baby I Lied, and Rock Me, and all the songs that people know me for. But it's my mm-hmm. songwriting that's really sustained my career and gave, given me this right. incredible, blessed life in music. 
I love that because again, you know, sometimes you know, sometimes you hear people sing, and sometimes you want to tell them, you know, maybe you should focus on songwriting a little bit, and you kind of can't because then they get offended and all that. But it's so great that he told you that because you probably wouldn't be where you are today if you didn't take that advice. That is really awesome. I really would. I really agree with you on that. Um, but what, when I when he suggested it and he said all that to me, I said, well, okay. I said, tell you what, I'll write a couple of things and then I'll bring them mm-hmm. to you and you tell me if you think that I should do it or not. He said, okay. <laughs> I said, because I don't want to make a fool out of myself. Putting it in test, right? Yeah, so I wrote and I, I wrote my first few songs were a cappella. I wrote one called Four Leaf Clover, and then I wrote one uh, about my mother and daddy called My Mother and Daddy Sock, and I went and I sang them to him. And after I did, he goes, "I think you got away with words." And I think he did. <laughs> oh wow! He, yeah. Oh wow! Okay, so well at that time my parents had had left Memphis for just a short while, and they were mm-hmm. they had bought a, some property in. Hot Springs, Arkansas, and they were building a house up there. So I went up mm-hmm. there to visit them. And when I walked in, my mother said, well, hey, Deb, Sugar, what are you up to these days? And I went, oh, I'm a songwriter now. I mean, and that's something <laughs> I love, too, because, and I've never forgotten, and I've always tried to pay it forward, um, uh-huh. is that Silverstein, in an instant, just by showing Belief in me, encouraging me, the way he did. Mm-hmm. He changed wow. my life in an instant. He mm-hmm. gave me that wow. belief in myself. He gave me direct direction and belief in myself. You know, and um, it really just changed the whole trajectory of my entire life. And I'm so grateful <laughs> wow. to him for that. And you know, and I, like I said, I tried to pay that forward to the point that even for a while in there's a song for you. One conversation. Oh, hey, that's good. Yeah. Go ahead. What were you you know, say? because when you think about it, because when you think about it, there are a lot of people that one conversation does change your life. So you could write it's something true. along that line about one conversation can change someone's life. I'm going to remember that. That's good. That's really good. But And, and so the way, the way that I – paid it forward and hopefully have helped mm-hmm. some others through it. Um, I was I was judging a contest. Someone invited me to judge a talent contest, and one of the uh-huh. contestants, after it was over, asked me to go to Mississippi to meet some of their friends. And oh, also, wow. they asked me to produce a project on them, which I was doing. So once I was down there, all of a sudden, um, through the – it's a long story, but through the mm-hmm. mother of the the – the person that I was producing, she said, hey, let's do this thing where you go down and you help these uh, kids down here. And I said, okay, I'll do it for three months for the summer, once a month. So we did a program called One-on-One with Deborah Allen. And once a month I went down and I would help uh, people with performing. But So at the end of the su- summer I was like, okay, well, it was so nice to meet y'all. Thank you so much. You know, And I thought that was going to be the end of it at that time. But the parents mm-hmm. were like, no, 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 you can't stop now. You've got to stay. And so I said to myself, well, if I'm going to stay and and help people, how can I really help them? Because are they really going to remember, walk this way, look this way, do this, do that? Mm-hmm. No. I, re- I re- went back to the um, to the lesson that um, Shell gave to me. Mm-hmm just from his heart and that was I said well if we, if I'm going to stay longer I, if if y'all were interested in doing writing some songs you know that would be something you could keep forever and then we would really have something wow. and you know what I wound up being down there for about three years wound up writing oh, wow. about 178 songs with uh, wow. young uh, participants from the age of 5 to 55 and huh. it was just you know, it was a very rewarding for me and hopefully for them, too. In mm-hmm. fact, I've recorded a couple of the songs that I wrote with some of the kids. Oh, wow. Now, kind of speaking of that giving back, you know, tell us a little bit about the Love Lives Ong project that you're a part of now. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. That is so wonderful. Yes, my friend uh, Frank Myers called me up and was telling me about this amazing 
Foundation called mm-hmm. S. And you can go to TAPS.org and learn a lot about it. But that stands yeah. for Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors. And the survivors, they're surviving members of our fallen heroes, like our soldiers who've gone out to fight for our freedom. And oh, that just touched my heart so deeply. And I was also mm-hmm. so very honored that uh, Frank invited me to be a part of the project because, you know, he went on to tell me some of the great songwriters and artists who were already involved, mm-hmm. and musicians too, some Nashville's A players, all, everybody did, donated their time and their talent to help bring this together. And, you know, world-renowned John Guest as our engineer who engineered, uh, you know, Hands Across America and uh, also Jimmy Nichols as a co-producer mm-hmm. with Frank. Just so many great people. Pam Tillis, Billy Ray Cyrus, Paul Overstreet, Wood Newton. You know, I mean, good Lord. Uh, uh, Red, Richie wow. from uh, Lo- Lone Star. And mm-hmm. just so mm-hmm. many great, great artists. You've got to hear the album if you haven't heard it. But um, uh, I got to co-write with one of my favorite songwriters in Nashville. We're old friends, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Barnhill. And what they would do is they would put writers together with the surviving members of these families and they wow. would share, share the story of their loved ones. And we wrote 10 individual songs inspired by the true story of these fallen heroes. And each mm-hmm. one of them are so different, but they're genuine works of art. And uh, it, it was just such a wonderful wonderful project to be on and you know mm-hmm. when we got to know Stephanie was well my my fallen hero was um his name was Sin Brown and his mother's name Stephanie mm-hmm. and his brother and his sister were there too and we all got in that room and 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 it was just magical and to be to wow. be honest with you you know as you can tell I I I feel like I I definitely rely on a spiritual co- connection I have. Yeah, and we do the too. night before I went in to uh, write with Greg, because I had such great respect for Greg, and I knew, you know, that this was a very tender moment to be with these mm-hmm. people, people I'd never met before. We were going to be writing about their, her son and their brother. Yeah. And so I prayed, mm-hmm. I said, God, please give me something, please, Lord. And I mean, yeah. I said, all of a sudden, in my brain, it just popped the words, press wow. on, Preston. And I went, hey. Oh, wow. And I thought, is that cool? Wow. I said, hey, don't question it. Just follow it. And I sat here about <laughs> like two or three verses and a couple of courses that were slightly different from each other. And, and then mm-hmm. I started noticing it, it was 1 o'clock in the morning. And I went, oh, my gosh, I'm supposed to be there at 9 o'clock in the morning. I better get to bed or I'm going to be worn mm-hmm. out. I won't even be able to think. So the next morning as I was walking in, I was talking with Greg about my prayer and, and what I, what had happened the night before. And he goes, he read it. And he goes, oh, Deb, he goes, this is right on the money. He goes, let's go in there and get to wow. know them. Then I'm going to ask you to read that. And I said, okay. Uh, I did mm-hmm. read it. But what's so wonderful, it certainly don't take credit for writing that entire song. I just, yeah. All I can take credit for is a message from God to give me the title. <laughs> Amen. And to, and, and to give me a great foundation through, you know, what I did, what poured out of me that night before. It was mm-hmm. a great foundation to get us started. But, uh, I mean, Greg had some amazing contributions, and Stephanie and Preston's <laughs> sister and brother both had amazing contributions so by the time we wrapped that song up our heart and soul of, of the all five of us were intertwined mm. into that uh piece wow. of music and that song and we are just just i mean i feel like they're family now and you know and i'm sure that everybody that wrote a song on the project feels yeah. the same way about their experience because you know it was really you know we were getting it was a last a gift that'll last forever, based on yeah. a, a, a mm-hmm. soldier 
who gave their life for us to be able to sit here mm-hmm. and do what we're doing right now today. Yep. And you know, this yes, is a perfect exactly. time to take a quick little perfect time to take a quick break and then after the break we're gonna play that song, Press On Pressing, and we'll talk some more about it. How's that sound? That sounds great. All right, hang on there. Hey everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Such a long time since you've been gone. I still carry your letter that carries me on. And I still dream about you every now and then. And I guess I always will until we see you again. A soldier of love.
really good song. Oh, yes, great song. Well, thank you, thank you. Oh, my goodness, that just brings back so many memories of that whole experience. It was just mm-hmm. so special, so special. And, you know, that album, Love Lives On, like I said, every yeah. single song on there is another true story that was inspired by a fallen hero. And if you haven't got your copy yet, you definitely want to. I've got it in my car right now. I've got my CD in there, and I just love it. Every single one of them just touched my heart, you know, and it's for a great cause, too. Now, I'm telling you, they have so many wonderful programs with TAPS. They have, you know, a, a program for the children of the fallen soldiers. They've just got everything you can think of. Um, I did um, a show with, you know, Governor Mike Huckabee's television show, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, well. not long ago. And after after my performance, um, I was back in my dressing room, packing up, getting ready to head back. And one of the staff members uh, that worked there came up and said, "I'm so glad you talked about taps." And and <laughs> she said, "I said, well, thank you." And she goes, "Well, you know, not a lot of people know this, but my husband." Um, was in the service and you know he passed away he was unfortunately you know he it was just so traumatizing for him he took his own mm-hmm. life and she said wow. that you know that happens a lot to our servicemen and she said and it just it was so difficult but she said taps they swooped in right immediately afterwards and they picked me up and they they nur- mm-hmm. nourished me and comforted me and when out when the timing was right they started helping me bring me back out and help helping me to, you know, integrate back out in life and be a part of life again. And she said, and now actually um, because of my experience with them and my training, she goes, I've been able to help other people who have had service members who have passed away. Wow. So, Love I mean, that. I think that's they what it's really like about. over 90,000, 90,000 people, I mean, or more. You know, I don't have my statistics memorized or anything like that. I can just tell you that the amount of people that they've been able to help, thanks to, um, you know, wonderful donations and projects like mm-hmm. this one, the Love Lives Own Project, they're able to continue to reach out and help people and families in need. Love that. Oh, <laughs> now, yes, one thing I like to that. do on our show um, that you know, as you know, a lot of people they they see the artists, <clears throat> but they don't see the PR people, the managers who produce. They don't see none of that. So they don't get no recognition. And right. and I've always wanted to make sure that that side gets their due because they don't, you know, they do a great job of trying to keep artists up where they need to be. So we always want to give a couple minutes for the artists to talk about their team. So tell us a little about, bit about the team that helps you be who you are. Oh, thank you. Well, first of all, I will recap. I'll recap the team on the uh, Love Lives Zone project, which is Frank Myers mm-hmm. and Jimmy Nichols, who uh, co-produced it together, and uh, the iconic engineer John Guest, who helped make it sound as incredible as it sounds, and the Nashville A team, and plus uh, Richie McDonald and Frank Myers and Jimmy Nichols co-wrote. Uh, the title track Love Lives On with Bonnie Carroll, who is the founder mm-hmm. of TAPS, and oh, she wow. uh, she's amazing. She serves on some other foundations too that help soldiers, but this is her baby, you know. And their song Love Lives On was the perfect title track for this project. So you know, wow. I just want once again thank them for having me be a part of the project and giving me the opportunity. Then that is you know, so meaningful and and helpful to yeah. other people. But for me, I work very closely with my husband, Raymond Hicks. Uh, oh, that's he's my awesome. manager. Yes, and yeah, I'm, we're a husband and wife team too. And um, <laughs> Raymond, actually, you could probably do a podcast on him. You maybe ought to because he's got so many mm-hmm. great stories. He, he's a great behind-the-scenes person. He Got his start. You know what? You, uh, you know something that's funny that you say that because we actually have uh, another podcast that we do called Behind the Artist, and it's where we usually bring parents mm-hmm. or family members or spouses on to talk mm-hmm. about the artist from their point of view. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Believe me, you wouldn't be bored with Raymond. He's quite a character, <laughs> and he's a wonderful person. And um, he was actually 
Mel Tillis's first tour manager. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and he's got a great story about that. And he and Mel remained uh, very, very close friends throughout his entire life. In fact, hmm. we both loved Mel. And then after he worked with Mel for several years, then he went on to work with the Oak Ridge Boys, and he was with them for eight years all through their uh, big Elvira days, you know, that big explosion. You know, they were running several mm-hmm. semis out on the road. Raymond was uh, heading up the whole thing. And uh, the Oak Ridge Boys still to this, their nickname for my husband Raymond is Daddy. They call him Daddy. You know, oh, and awesome. So he's got lots of great stories with the Oak Ridge Boys. <laughs> and he, he went on to work with Hank Jr., Tanya Tucker, and, of course, we met. Uh, he was my tour manager on my uh, radio tour mm-hmm. for when I really had a big resurgence in the uh, mid-'90s with my song called Rock Me. And um, then also he works with Ray Stevens as well. He's, you know, worked with Ray many times in um, Branson and and traveling, but also Ray has a brand new place here in Nashville. If you haven't been to it, you got to come when it when things open back mm-hmm. up. It's called Cabaret, C A B A R A Y, and uh, Ray We're actually is moving to Nashville next year. Oh great! Yeah, you'll get to see it by then, I'm sure. And if you <laughs> when you get ready to go over there, you call my husband Raymond Hicks. In fact, during my <laughs> show, I, I have a Fun saying that eventually I'll eventually say, and I'll I'll say, yeah, and I married a guy named Raymond Hicks, and and even though my my uh, stage name is Deborah Allen, when I made when I married Raymond, we became the Hicks of Tennessee. <laughs> oh, love that! So people get a kick out of that. But yeah, call Raymond, and Raymond will uh, set you up uh, and take care of you over there at the cabaret. And man, I'm telling you, you do not want to miss Ray Stevens because. He is a consummate performer and a mm-hmm. songwriting genius. He's just one of the sweetest, most wonderful people you'll ever want to meet. And so is my husband, Raymond. Yeah. He is an amazing person. He's he's just got so many years of experience uh, in the business, mm-hmm. on the road and production and promotion and just everything he does. You know, he's... Not too much that he doesn't know how to do, you know. He's just one of those yeah. kind of people. Wow. <laughs> and see, I love that y'all work together and all that because, you know, my wife and I, we've been married 17 years. And we don't, you know, in fact, it's funny because through the years, we get, we're, we've kind of been an outcast because we've been a 24-7 couple for 17 years of our life. Everything we do, we, we do together. That's just the way we choose to live. And so many times, even in the Christian world, and we're, we go to church all the time and all that, so we're deep into the God and Christian world and all that. But even in that world, you would think that they would love that kind of marriage. Nope. A lot of them still, oh, y'all are so unhealthy, so this, so that. And, <laughs> but, we keep, but we keep on, and it's funny because since we found this whole music stuff, we found right. our people. Because there are so yeah. many people within the music business that work like we do, and it's so cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, if it works for you, and it definitely works for us, I mean, you couldn't find a, anything that would be more pleasurable than working with someone that you love, you know, and, and mm-hmm. in a business that you love. Like, one of my favorite things in the world to do is to travel with Raymond, you know, because <laughs> Raymond no mm-hmm. one can spoil me the way Raymond can spoil me. And uh, when we travel on the road, I know I don't I don't have to go out there and worry about everything. You know, I I'm an independent female. I can, you know, I can, you know, Raymond's always laughing. He goes, he says, yeah, he said I'll leave and go out during the day, and I'll let you know I'll come back, and there's some man at my house writing a song with my wife. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> we've got that kind of tr- we've got that kind of trust in each other. And, uh, you know, I trust him when he does go out on the road with other people. I trust him. He trusts me. But the the best times of all is when we can travel together. Yeah. And, and, you know, I always joke that our show is a family affair. And like I told you earlier, we have an eight-year-old little boy, Christopher, and we always bring him on to ask one question. So Sandy's going to get him on real quick. 
And, and, and of course, when we, our 16-month-old daughter, when she gets old enough, we'll be plugging her in, too, because we are a family affair. <laughs> what, are these, what are their names? <clears throat> well, his name is Christopher, and her name's Caitlin. Caitlin? Kate, Caitlin. Oh, oh, Caitlin. Oh, oh yeah. Caitlin with a C or a K? You know what? A, okay. a, a K and two Here. ends. Oh, yes, Kate, two ends with Caitlin, yep. All right, here's oh. Christopher. Hi, Christopher. Hi, Christopher. Hey, Christopher. Oh, my goodness, it's so nice to meet you. <laughs> Ask Hi, again, Christopher. Chris. Hmm? What's your favorite food? Okay, there you go. Okay, what's your favorite food? Oh, were you asking me my favorite food? Oh, my gosh, Christopher. <laughs> I can tell you my favorite food. It's so good. I can't even have it around me because I would eat it by the jar. I love it so much. Please don't ever send me any peanut butter because I cannot resist it. <laughs> I can eat a whole giant jar of peanut butter in one sitting. I just love it, and I like the crunchy the best. <laughs> and what's mm-hmm. yours, little Chris? Pizza. What? He said pizza. Pizza. Ooh, pizza. Oh, that's good. We have a really good pizza place down the street from where we live. And when you and your mom and dad come to Nashville, you should come see me. We should get some pizza. Oh, my gosh, it's so good. <laughs> Does that sound good, little Chris? Yes. Hey, you know what we ought to invent? <laughs> Thank you. You know what we ought to invent? Chris, you know what mm-hmm. we ought to invent? We ought to invent uh, peanut butter and jelly pizza. That, then we'd have something. <laughs> yeah, Sandy, hers is peanut butter. I I love peanut butter. That's a good one. Sandy, oh my God, I love peanut butter. Honestly, seriously, I have to hide it from myself or, like, I just can't have it around because I, yeah. it's so, so good. And it's really not bad for you, and it's got protein in it. I can find all okay. kinds of reasons to eat it. Mm-hmm. But anything in excess is not good for you, and so it's just hard for me to know when to stop. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we love the interviews that we do. We love getting to know the people and getting to know their stories. And, and if I don't, I could talk to you all day long. I can tell that, but we are at the 60 minute mark. And, you know, I like to, you know, I always tell PR people the, the time frame 60 minutes and I try to honor that. Sometimes I don't, but I try, <laughs> but I try to honor <laughs> we try. it. Yeah. And so as we end here, um, tell everybody how they can reach out to you. Cause I've really enjoyed this. Okay. Well, first of all, you can definitely go to um, my website, which is com, and that's D-E-B-O-R-A-H-A-L-L-E-N.com. And on Facebook, I'm Deborah Allen Official. And on Instagram and on Twitter, I'm at Deborah Allen 3, because 3 is my lucky number. And I would just love it if you would. And and right now, again, like I said, I am writing right at the beginning of um, releasing a series of uh, six song EPs. They're called "The Best You've Never Heard" by wow. Deborah Allen. And uh, Volume One and Volume Two are out right now on all the digital mm-hmm. platforms. So if you visit me at uh, Deborah Allen Official or on Twitter, you'll be able to find those. But some smart links that'll take you to uh, your choice of your favorite digital download area. But, you know, you can definitely go to YouTube or Amazon or Spotify. All of those kind of places are going to carry it. And it's called The Best You've Never Heard, Volume 1 and Volume <laughs> 2. And, of course, you can hear Baby I Lied, my signature song, and, and the, wow. the others that I mentioned, Amazing Graceland and Delta Dreamland. And all of those are out there to be seen and heard. And I just – like my mother's always told me, you know, you can't have too many friends, and that's yep. that's my too. I just love inviting new friends to be a part of my life, and it's just so enriching. And I just cannot wait till everything opens back up here in the United mm-hmm. States and in the world, so we mm-hmm. can get out and be together again. 
Yep, uh, yep, we we feel the same way. Yeah. You know, we've got a lot of friends already that are in Nashville, and that have all invited us. When y'all come up here, we got to meet. We got to go to dinner or whatever. And we're sitting there like, oh God, I wish we could come now. You know. <laughs> well, now, yes, we're so where, excited. Where do y'all live right now? Savannah, Georgia. Oh my gosh, I love Savannah, Georgia. Oh, it's so <laughs> beautiful there. Oh my God, you're so romantic there. Yeah, yeah I've been here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm forty. Pretty close. I'm forty-eight now, and uh, I've been here since age fourteen. And before that, my dad was military, so all I've known really is a stable place is Savannah. So, spend my life here. But you know, our next part of our life we feel is in Nashville. We we feel so connected to Nashville. We feel feel so connected to the people in Nashville, and we feel like God is saying go time to move there and so we're like okay we will go next year <laughs> yes yeah I, to simplify things i say you know i'm i definitely um, i live in nashville i've lived here for a long time but where the area that i live in is a real really pretty area and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of different people live out this way well a lot of people live in a lot of areas in nashville you can't go anywhere that you can't run into a songwriter or, or a recording <laughs> artist but i live in the franklin area and uh, mm-hmm. it has a little downtown area that's um, real historic, and it's got a historic uh, theater there. And, you know, if you love Savannah, you might also love to at least visit Franklin, which is just about yeah. probably about 13 miles outside of Nashville. Because okay. yeah, that's probably what we'll end up doing is, you know, I don't want to actually live in the city of Nashville. I'd like to live on one of the outskirts. That's kind of where we're looking at. Some, as You know, Franklin, yeah. um, Hendersonville. Um, mm-hmm. Murfreesboro, some one, one of the outskirts, because but you know, some of the best prices though is Clarksville, but we're like, you know, that's an hour away. No, we need to be a little closer than that. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's a great, it's a great military community out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Hendersonville, Gallatin, Nolensville, Murfreesboro, Franklin. You know, all of those are great areas, and even West Nashville over. Close mm-hmm. to where uh, Ray's new place is is starting to really develop huh. some beautiful areas. You can't go oh, wrong. Cool. You really can't go around wrong anywhere <clears throat> in Nashville. Yeah, that's cool. And you know, we really enjoyed. And you know, again, like I said, we like to honor the time that we ask for. And I never, you know, yes. I go over it sometimes, you know, because I get so into the conversations, and because I love, we love what we, we love do. It. We love this show. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I go way overboard. I'm like, you know, sometimes let's not go so far overboard. Let's stop at a close to 60 minutes. But I could talk to you all day. I can see that. <laughs> well, oh, <thanks>. yes. <laughs> hey, when y'all do come to Nashville, you could um, visit the church that I go to, which is called Grace Church. And it's um, Pastor Lyndall Cooley. He is a great. So, so uh, the church we were great. looking at is Cross Point because we've been working with Cross Point on some things. And, Oh, good. That's good, too. I've yeah. heard good things about them. I've never visited there, but also there's a lot of great places here, a lot of great. But the reason I do love it is because, not, well, he's just a great preacher, but also yeah. he's a great musician, and they have such oh, great wow. music there. And so, you know, if you come, maybe you can come and visit once. Yeah, there we sure. go. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, we loved our time with you. And we look forward to having you back, that's for sure, because there are a lot of things that I didn't get to, but you know what? We will next time. How's that sound? Yeah, I look forward to next time. There's always lots more to talk about, and, you know, and I'm sure y'all have a lot that y'all could talk about, too. So I would love to, yep. you know, explore some of your great experiences and conversations with others, too, because it always, you know, it's kind of neat that you shared some of the insights from other artists because it's just one more example of how we're really not all that different from each other yep exactly so true. and and you know and, and i like to do that i like to talk as you can tell it's funny i joked with sandy years ago that if we ever found a way to make money with where i can talk we'll be set and i finally found a way that eventually we'll make money <laughs> yeah i can already tell i can already tell that your podcast is uh taking off it's on its way to being a huge success and I'm just thrilled that I could be a small part of it. Not really, Chris and Sandy. Thank you so much yep. for having me on your show. 
Oh, and thank you for your time being on on here. We so appreciate it. We definitely look forward to having you back. You have an awesome, awesome day. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks.